You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, What up, what up, Real Coach JB here, man of the Slapdick Podcast coming at you. Oh, I got a lot of good shit for you today, man. Um, let me log in my damn email. But anyway, a lot of good shit today, and it's going to be some real shit, so hopefully you're ready for this one. Um, Got a lot to discuss, man, from James Harden to a beat writer on a football website that made some fucking asinine comments. Um, Lots to discuss, man, lots of fucking discuss. Also, how our youth is wasting 1,440 minutes a day. That's how many minutes are in a day, by the way. Um, title of the show is Attitude Reflects Leadership And uh, obviously it's brought to you by Bet Online and eBay Get you started with the quote of the day Only time you fail is when you fall down and fucking stay down The only time we fail is when we fall down and when we stay down and how many, Just like Rocky said, man, it ain't how many times you get knocked down How many fucking times can you get up? That is just the real, right? So that's my uh, that's my quote of the day, man. Nothing spectacular, just the real shit. Only time we fail is when we fall down and can't get and stay down. When we don't get back up. Title of this show is Attitude Reflects Leadership. Let me pay the bills. Slapdick Podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. The FCS is still in play, by the way. I know you don't know that because it's not on TV and the kids are getting fucked. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour casino always stays open. Blackjack... Single card blackjack, multi card blackjack. Go check it out. Multi deck, single deck. I'm sorry. Head to the website now. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So, a lot to discuss, man. Attitude Reflects Leadership is the name of this show. All right, the title of this show. And. I want to get into some things, man, because I want you to understand and remember this word, okay? Oh, fuck. Sorry. Um, Meritocracy. You guys know what that word is? Meritocracy, meritocracy, however you guys pronounce it, is a political system in which economic goods and or political power are vested in individual people on the basis of their talent, efforts, and achievement rather than their wealth or social class. Advancement in such a system is based on performance as measured through examination or demonstrated achievement. I want to make sure you guys understand what that means going forward in this show because I'm going to read you a quote from somebody that I'm on Twitter beefing with that is a known beat writer in my profession, football coaching profession, and he writes on a website called Football Scoop. And I want to make sure I address this quote that he did on uh, this post that he posted on Twitter today. It literally made me respond to him respectfully i called him crazy but it's respectfully he kind of tried to talk some shit to me when when i left indy but not only that i had to respond again without him even responding i don't even know if he's responded i doubt it he won't he won't do it he won't battle with me but on there but on this but he i had to respond again just saying like 10 minutes later i said bro this post still has me laughing i just had to let you know sorry and i'm gonna i'm gonna get into what he said but Attitude reflects leadership, man. There's 1,440 days in a, in a, I mean, minutes in a day. 1,440 minutes in a day. Seven days, that's 10,080 hours, okay? 1,440 minutes times seven is 10,080 hours, okay? 
I want to make sure. I mean, minutes, sorry. 10,080 minutes. 24 hours in a day, right? We know that is 168 hours. So 1,440 minutes is 10,080 hour a minutes a week. Okay. Our youth is wasting 1,440 minutes a day. And are the adults in the room around the kid, raising the kid, parent, coach, mentor are failing them and allowing them to waste 1,440 minutes a fucking day, which equates to 10,000 plus minutes a week. I'm just telling you, I'm going to get into this and I'm going to understand why. First of all, I used to call, I used to have a saying and quote used to be on the back of our shirts, 1,440. 1,440, okay? That's how many minutes are in a day. I used to write in study hall, 1,440 on the board, and this is what I did every day. I want your, I want our coaches to have individual meetings with those players, and I want those players to tell them and break down those 1,440 minutes. My players had to break down the 1,440 minutes, how they spent 1,440 minutes every day. I literally would have them break it down. And you would be astonished if you did this with your guys, coaches, faculty, members, administration, uh, CEO, business owner. If you break down the 1,440 minutes in a day and you have your employees or your players or your students break down what they do in those 1,440 minutes, you will be astonished why the kids we have are either failing, not only in class or in their profession or in life, but why we are allowing and accepting it. Because I bet you the motherfuckers calling the shots are doing the same shit. So I'm going to break it down and we're going to get into it. All right. So first of all, this generation, I'm just going to tell you, because I don't know if I've ever slept over five hours a night unless it was just a vacation of some sort, which I never really take. But where I know I didn't have anything to do or anything coming down the line. or And even then, man, I'm still on edge and got to wake up. But let's just say for the sake of the drill, the average person this these days sleeps eight hours. That's what I think it is because I don't think – because this generation is more tech savvy. They're more smartphone, working from home. And I'm not even talking pandemic. I'm just talking purely – this generation, I, I want to say 25 and older right now, sleep eight hours a day, okay? I would like to do a study on that. And so if somebody knows and tells me, please respond on social media when I post this podcast later on. Eight hours a day, that's 480 minutes, okay? So you've slept 480 of the 1,440 minutes. All right, now, students, college or high school, Let's just say high school because it's for the sake of the drill. And we're not talking pandemic or Zoom. We're talking in class for the sake of the drill. In class school, you're talking eight hours. Let's just round it off. Round it up or down, eight hours a day. That's another 480 minutes. So we've wasted 16 hours of 24 hours. And we've wasted 960 minutes of 1,440 minutes just with sleep and school. Okay? You can't really... I can knock the sleep a little bit, but I can't knock the school. I can't knock those activities, but the sleep I can. But for this generation, I'm gonna, I'm not going to. I'm going to say, all right, that's a mandatory 960, 16 hours, even though I don't believe it. But anyway, let's say this generation does one hour of homework, which is 60 minutes, puts us at 1020. That's 1,020 minutes out of the 1440, okay? Now, you know damn well you should be doing way more than one hour. But let's just say one hour, it's, we're at 17 hours of 24 hours, and we're at 1,020 minutes of 1440, okay? What else do you do, and when do you do it, is my question. With the last seven hours, and with the last, um, whatever it is, you know, four, 420 minutes. What else do you do and when do you do it? Per profession, okay? Per profession. Now, if you're an athlete in high school, 
you have practice. So let's take, let's say you have three hours of practice. Whether you had weights in the morning, you got two hours of practice in the afternoon, vice versa, whatever it may be. Let's just say per profession, you're an athlete in high school. You have a three-hour day there. So now you're at 20 hours or 1,200 minutes, all right, of the 1440. You're down to three. You're down to fucking what? Four hours? So... You've wasted 1,200 minutes of the 1440 and 20 hours, and there's four hours left in a day. When do you use it, and what else do you do? If you want to be great at something, they say 10,000 hours is what makes you proficient at one particular thing. 10,000 hours of practice at one particular craft or trait or art or movement or dance or skill, whatever it may be, it takes 10,000 hours to master that particular space, subject, matter, whatever you want to call it, skill. What do you do and when do you do it? Because you've already concluded the eight hours. Can't go back to sleep. I think I'm giving you more love than you deserve by doing this. But I guarantee this generation, the last few hours, even though I know it's way more, and I'll show you some one of our players back in the day, it's social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or video games, smartphone, browsing, whatever. That's the rest of the time. Even though I know it's actually more than eight hours of that, I'm just going to say a person on the grind about his business on his mission or her mission is only going to spend the last few hours on that. That's not society today, though. Society today out of the 1,440 minutes, just so we're clear, 800 of those 1,440 minutes is spent on social media. Look it up. Dog. And we allow it. Don't say we don't allow it. Don't say we're not allowing it. Because you coaches out there know it. You mothers and fathers out there know it. And you have done nothing to prevent it. You wonder why obesity is at an all-time high. You wonder why we don't go out and play no more. You got every other excuse in the book why we don't go out and play. But you won't fix it and correct it and make a stance. And that's allowing it. You either coach it or you allow it. An attitude reflects leadership. Title of this show. A kid, a person that doesn't know what he doesn't know is going to keep extending the leash. Keep taking a yard when you only gave him a foot. He's going to keep going. And until you prevent or stop it and take away the rope... They're going to continue to do it. It's going to get a longer, longer, longer leash. And I'm just going to tell you, man, it's astonishing if you break down your people's minutes per day, how they spend it. You should do it, man. Do it with your employees. Do it with your players. Do it with your coaches. Do it with your assistant coaches, head coaches. Do it with your head coach administrator ADs. Go out there and break down 1,440 minutes and how are your people spending that those minutes in a day, you would be astonished how much the wasted time is being spent on either their phone, either sleeping or doing things that are literally non-conducive to their profession or their success. Go check it out. You'd be shocked. Good study for you guys. But it's something I used to do all the time. Um, anyway. You know we're not doing enough homework. You know we're not working out on our own. You know we're not eating right. You know um, you know, we're not doing things to study our craft as coaches. We should be doing building a playbook, doing recruiting. What are you spending your minutes on? Selling cars. If you're a used car salesman, what are you spending your extra time on? I'd be trying to find more clientele to push for the next day. Get them on, the, get them on your campus as coaches. Get them on your fucking campus as used car salesmen. Get them in your bank as bankmen. Whatever you do, you should be grinding and doing it so you don't have to work no more. Because I'm telling you, man, 
Cats that bitch about working all day long sure end up fucking crying over spilled milk when they end up working for a dude that uh, followed their dream. Cats that don't follow their dreams sure work for people who do. Um, But I just wanted to break that down to you, man, because I'm seeing it every day. And I wish more coaches, more administrators, more people in power would understand. Break down your people's minutes. Day. Break their day down. You would be fucking astonished by seven days how much wasted time is in a week. And you'd be like, fuck, we could have had so much other shit done. But nobody's holding that accountable. Nobody's holding those minutes accountable. Nobody's making sure you're monitoring it. Make a chart. I had a magnetic board. Motherfuckers had to write, put in their, in their 1,440 minutes what they're doing. Take lunch out. Where's your lunch? What do you do on this? Where's your breaks? All that shit, man. Take Include all that. Include every single part of your day. But I don't know. But anyway, to the fun part of the show, man. Jason Williams, um, who is on ESPN, Jay Williams, as we know, went to Duke, played in the NBA for a minute, had an accident, ended his career, basically. I don't mind the guy. I just think he's comical and a very, very soft human, okay? And I hate to judge a person by his turtlenecks and how he talks and all that. It's it's pretty, pretty wrong of me on all accounts, right? So I'm not going to say that's the reason why. But I'm going to say that he says a lot of things to me that are part of this problem of being and allowing softness to cripple our maturity and our advancement as society he's part of those problems not part of the solution he says james harden should be the mvp this shit sounds fucking crazy to me to say a guy should be the mvp after 15 games with a team that is obviously loaded right they haven't had kd so obviously harden can take over Kyrie's taking a step back and which he should and they've won, I think, you know, what, not 10, 8 out of 10 or something without KD for the most part. So everyone's worried that when KD comes back, they'll be great, right? I still think Lakers are the best team when, when, when they come back. I still think the Lakers will make a move too, and hopefully we'll get Andre Drummond or somebody like that, maybe even Cousins to help them out, help them out with some beef. But anyway... He says Houston should retire his fucking jersey. So he may come back to Houston one day and either play or the latter part of his career or what have you. Now, he was there eight years. Is that not the softest shit you've ever heard? See, I don't have scabs on my kneecaps because I don't kiss ass and suck dicks. He didn't win shit in Houston in eight years. If I was a, and I know my Houston cats ain't wanting him back. I know Houston got some more nuts than that. And I love my Houston cats. I know they're like, fuck James Harden. Get the fuck out. He begged to leave. He cried like a bitch to leave. He didn't win shit there. Why the fuck would I retire his jersey? He ain't Akeem Olajuwon, dog. He ain't Kenny Smith. He didn't win no title. He scores a lot of points. Like, who gives a fuck? He'll never be one of the greatest ever because he's an individual player that doesn't make anyone better. Yeah, he got a triple-double. If I was Houston, would you want a motherfucker who cried like a bitch to leave, begged and forced his way out, didn't win, and then torches you with a triple-double on his first home trip back? (laughs) You got to be a fucking dick rider to want that kid back. But Jay Williams is comical for stating... That he's the MVP after 15 games, number one, in the worst conference in America, in the Eastern Conference. And Houston should retire his jersey. It's fucking unbelievable to me. It makes me cringe. I literally laugh at it, but then it saddens me to know that there's people out there who really believe that you, your body of work, through the duration of your resume building process, doesn't count. 
Mahomes is the best ever. He's lost two times to a 40-year-old-plus quarterback in the playoffs. One Super Bowl, one playoff game. He's not the best ever. He's in year three of his resume, man. Slow down with the GOAT talk. James Harden is the MVP after 15 games. Really? You've given the Greek freak the MVP the last two years, and he got knocked out in the first fucking round. How is that an MVP? How is that a motherfucker that is an MVP? It blows my mind what the MVP stands for. Is it the MVP because he scores a lot of points and his team don't win? Or is it an MVP who makes everybody better and wins the fucking chip? Like LeBron was the MVP last year on a team that hasn't won in 10 years since Kobe. And, and, you know, Kobe's latter years, they were bad personnel, bad. Jerry Buss died. They had a horrible, uh, you know, leadership. I just don't know how we keep anointing these motherfuckers so quickly before their resumes built. We're on page one of a resume. Now, James Harden has, a, you know, a, what, an 11-year career? How long has he been in the NBA? I don't know. Um, he's still pretty young. But at the same time, um, he's not my MVP, and I don't have a vote. But I wouldn't vote that motherfucker the MVP. You didn't do shit in Houston. You lost every year. You lost. You scored a lot of points, and you lost. You're an isolation, an isolating dribbler who dribbles the ball. It's unbelievable to watch this dude, and everyone thinks he's the great. That's why all the greats don't even put him in the equation as a great, because that's all he can do. We have, we've had a lot of individual scores. Bernard King could score 40 points a night on any given night. Dog, Cedric Sabalos back in the day could score 50. We've had scores in this league forever. It doesn't make them the greatest player of all time. It doesn't make them the MVP. <sighs> Meritocracy. Can you do you understand that? I just understand. I, I don't know if you guys really get it. Like meritocracy, man. Make sure you're clear that word. I want you to make sure that word. That's literally a political system in which economic goods and or political power are vested in individual people on a basis of talent, effort, and achievement rather than wealth or social class. Keep remembering that. All right. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you. Attitude reflects leadership. We keep, uh, we keep fucking pushing this narrative of softness. People on ESPN, Fox, everyone, we're pushing the softness. We're 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 enabling it. How is James Harden the MVP? How is Kyrie Irving an All Star? <laughs> like. Over fucking Trey Young or, or one of them. I would argue that one. Because of popularity? See, we don't call it what it is. We don't call a spade a spade in, in a square a square and a circle a circle. We do what's popular. Kyrie Irving cunted out, bitched out, cried and moaned. Set out because he was in his feelings. You reward him for fucking that as an all-star? Man, please. I'd have told that motherfucker, not only do I take your pay, you ain't no all-star. And shut the fuck up. Oh, coach, you like the bitch that said just shut up and dribble, LeBron. No, I'm not. Total different ball game. Deshaun Watson, I'm not saying shut up and throw the ball. I'm saying you got $153 million. When motherfuckers at Walmart got to show up to work, go show up to work, dog. Earn your cheese. Go win a game in the playoffs. Go win. Go take your average team to the playoffs. Then you start bitching about you don't like this team and this and that. We don't get to pick where we go in the NFL, dog. That's the problem. That's what's going on. We get to pick now. College motherfuckers. You know, Eli Manning tried to force his way. If him and Phillip Rivers tried not to go to the teams he wanted to go to, maybe you can argue they did that. And who, who else did it? Maybe John Elway. 
Um, I don't know. Been a few, maybe. Okay. And then you can argue J.J. Watt asked for a release and got out of it. And then you can say, now you can say, oh, fuck, he's a white dude and got out of his. Why can't Deshaun Watson get out of it? I feel you on that. I can see it. But at the same time, you are the quarterback. See, J.J. Watt gets hurt. We put in another motherfucker, and nobody really trips. The backup quarterback getting in the game is when the football eyes leave the crowd, leave the TVs, the fan uh, attendance drops, television ratings drop, because they're backups for a reason. Nobody wants to see the backup quarterback play for your favorite NFL team. J.J. Watt, nah, we can be replaced. Yeah, we like him and shit. He's a hell of a human. He's a great character guy. He fucking gives back. So does Deshaun Watson. Great character, gives back. But he's the quarterback. He's the highest paid motherfucker. That's why you have the best player in the football field is his left tackle. That's who's supposed to be the best protector of him because he's the investment. Protect your investment, right? Protect the merchandise. I just had a show the other day. Protect the merchandise. He's your merchandise. You know, he meets with the new coach, still tells him I want out. I want to trade. The NFL is becoming the new NBA where the NBA guys, you know, they can bitch and moan because that's what they do, dude. They bitch and moan and cry and that's who they want out. And and the NBA folds and gives it to them. NFL is becoming that. So when they allowed Deshaun Watson out of this deal, just like they did. See, I don't agree with J.J. Watt being let out. They should have said, nah. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I don't give a fuck what color you are. The bottom line is, if you let J.J. Watt out, you have to let Deshaun out now. See what I'm saying? See what you started? And I don't agree either one of them should be let out. So the thing is, if you want to be great, go win with average dudes. That's what puts you and separates you from everyone else. Yeah, we're in the NFL, motherfuckers. You need dudes to win. But guess what? The NFL's teams, right, per capita, per 53-man roster, is pretty fucking equal. With all things said, it's pretty much fair game and equal. Everyone has an NFL pass rusher or two or three. Everyone has an NFL fucking tight end and receiver or two or three. Everyone has a great running back or two or three. Everyone has great O-linemen and D-tackles, or two or three. Everybody has great safeties and corners, or two or three. Not everyone has great quarterbacks. That is what's the difference. New England loses with Cam Newton, who's very subpar. Tampa Bay wins with 43-year-old Tom Brady, who gets the ball out on time, Pre-snap, post-snap decisions are fucking immaculate. Even though he threw more picks this year than he ever has because it's a new offense, new scheme, new team. That's what I equate that to. He still won the fucking Super Bowl. Beat the so-called GOAT after three years anointing him the GOAT. Beats his ass again. And you want to know why the quarterback is so fucking valuable. But you got to win, Deshaun Watson, with what you got. No greater quote is doing something with, that someone else said you could not do. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, KD, all these motherfuckers. I give, shot, I give props to Clay and Steph for staying in Golden State. And I think they'll stay the whole time. Props to Kobe. Never left. I give props to these guys that never left and said, you know what? I might take a few hits in a few shitty years, but that's part of the business and profession. I'm going to win here, though. I'm going to lay my legacy here down. I'm going to put my footprints in the sand here. That's what I said I was going to do at Indy. I did it. That's what I said I was going to do at Compton College. I did it. That's what I said I was going to do everywhere I've been. I did it. So, I don't know. I love being the underdog. People just don't want to do it no more. They don't want to be the underdog, man. They want to go join the fucking... The popular fucking crowd where I always was like, fuck you. I want to beat your ass. See, there's a difference. I don't know. But it goes back to attitude reflects leadership. We've allowed it for so long. These cats are enabled and want instant gratification. They literally want instant gratification. 
And and I bet you if you broke down their 1,440 minutes, you'd be shocked at how they're fucking spending them. Even grown professionals. Even your coaches. Even your teachers. I don't know. That's what it is. But, hey, man. I don't know. Hey, this show is also brought to you by eBay. want to give a brief moment to talk about my newest sponsor ebay they've been here with the slap dig podcast now for a few weeks whether rare dead stock or the latest release find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace ebay is the place to go to cop that pair you've been eyeing with ebay's authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators a team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box logo stitching and dozens of other inspection points Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with the verified return process. And for all you sneaker heads out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. eBay, go check it out. Say JB sent you. So finally, I'm going to wrap this show up with, we're 30 minutes in, and I want to talk to you and and break down the word meritocracy, okay? We're going to break it down. And I've I've been telling you, and and, and you're going to say, why the fuck are you still worried about this, this fucking word, right? It's because this, this guy who, who runs a, 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 uh, a football job site called footballscoop.com, okay? He's, his name is Zach Barnett, okay? And, uh, you know, I want to I talk about this um, and what he said. And I'm going to quote what he said, okay? So, He goes. He he writes most of the stories. Now he's covered me. He's covered me for years as a coach, and he's helped me get coaches on on their site, um, and for job postings and stuff. That's what they do at footballscoop.com, right? So you go to footballscoop.com, you see what they do. He posted today on a Twitter feed, um, and Zach Barnett has twenty thousand followers. Okay, he's not verified, but he's. He's a college football writer and is an award-winning essayist for his elementary school anti-drug program, fueled by Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay, he's a Fort Worth, Texas guy. I have no problem with that. I find this post though to be a bit naive and a little ignorant, and it's it's hard seeing that from somebody that literally posts jobs in the profession on a daily basis, hourly basis for that matter. But he writes one, number one, coaching is a meritocracy where the best candidate gets the job, period. The stakes are too high otherwise. Two, coaching is a relationship business. Head coaches want to hire trustworthy and loyal assistants. End quote. Oh, man. There's so many things that are just not true with that statement, Zach. And he is defending Middle Tennessee's Brent Stockstill hiring because Middle Tennessee, the university, has defended the hiring of Brent Stockstill. Okay. Many of you may not know who the fuck this is. He's Middle Tennessee's wide receiver coach, okay? But there's charges from a local news organization, shocker, that Middle Tennessee violated state nepotism law, okay? Nashville CBS affiliate investigated the program for an alleged violation of statute 831-103, which states no state employee who are relatives shall be placed within the same direct line of supervision of another relative. To circumvent the law, Middle Tennessee says Brent reports to A.D. Chris Massaro, not his boss or father. He was by far and away the best candidate of the Zoom interviews that I watched, Massaro told the station. Are we hiring him because his last name is Stockstill? 
My answer is that to that is still no. Then if you don't hire him, is it because his last name is Stockstill? Middle Tennessee defended the hiring by pointing to the litany of examples of coaching hiring family members in college athletics, including 18 recent ones in the state of Tennessee alone. <sighs> Middle Tennessee's list of uh, president is at one Coaching hires in college sports tend to operate on two basic principles, which don't often contradict, but sometimes can. And then he went on to say what I just said. Coaching is metocracy, where the best candidate gets a job, period. The stakes are too high otherwise. Coaching is relationship business. Head coaches want to hire trustworthy and loyal assistants. On the micro, it's entirely believable Brent Stockwell was the best candidate for the job. He only recently completed his career as the best setting record-setting quarterback for the Blue Raiders and as a guy who literally grew up in the system. No one knows the program's culture and the head coach's expectations better than him. His hiring is 100% justifiable on those grounds. It blows my mind that this guy is writing this. And it's the ignorance in the statements, the naivety, the blatant slap in every fucking other coach's face for you to say these things. I can name you a thousand motherfuckers better than this guy. The Zoom interviews, he was better than the Zoom interview people was because those are the fucking Zoom people you chose to interview, motherfucker. <laughs> are you shitting me? Put me on a Zoom meeting with, with your son, and then let's put it out in the public, and let's honestly fucking see who was better. And I'm not a whiteout guy, and I guarantee you I'm better than him at whiteouts. <laughs> he played quarterback too, right? So let's do it. Dog, you choose your interviews, head coaches. You choose who you're interviewing. For him to report to the AD to get around this nepotism law, saying that he don't report to his boss, which is his father, which is his head coach and boss, is a fucking biggest slap in the face that I've ever seen. So you're telling me that coaching... I want to make sure you understand what he's saying. Coaching is where the best candidate gets the job, period. The stakes are too high otherwise. And coaching is a relationship business. Head coaches want to hire trustworthy and loyal assistants. I responded by saying, you sound crazy, bro. No offense. The best candidate almost never gets the job, period. There is absolutely zero loyalty in this profession, and you should know better by now. This is a who you know, not what you know business. 100. <laughs> he hasn't responded. I also then wrote another tweet to him saying, your post literally still has me laughing. So... <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, dog. Like, it's almost mind-blowing that a motherfucker that writes for a major coaching website can literally come out and say that's what this is. No, coaching is who you know, not what you know. It is nepotism, and it's nepotism all over the place. So you're telling me that Bill Belichick's three sons are the best NFL coaches at those positions in the fucking NFL. You're telling me that his three sons are the best DB safeties coach, special teams coach, and linebacker coach in, in the NFL. Please fight me on it. You're telling me that Andy Reid's son is the best linebacker coach in the NFL. You're telling me that he is the best linebacker coach in the NFL who almost killed a person who may have brain damage for the rest of her life, little kid, who's also had a, many other issues. You're telling me, for you to say what you just said, Zach, is a slap in everyone's fucking face, especially that little kid's mom who got fucking damn near killed by this guy, who 
if it was me or anyone else, would have been fired on the spot and never had a job again. A little less in the NFL, but even a high school fucking gig. And now you're telling me it's not who you know, it's what you know? Motherfucker, please. You sound ignorant as fuck, and it's a fucking slap in the face for every single coach. First of all, the coachings that went through that interview process on Zoom, you guys are idiots for even taking the fucking interview. Number one, you should have known. You already knew. Come on, dog. That's like fucking Marvin Lewis taking the fucking Rooney Rule interview with the Cowboys. He knew he wasn't getting a job. You heard Marshall Falk say it on my fucking podcast. He knew he wasn't getting a job. Why entertain it and become another fucking, just a fucking slap in everyone's face? Zach Barnett to come out and say coaching is a fucking. So you're telling me by definition that coaches get hired not on their wealth or social class, only on their individual talent and achievement. What the fuck had the Bilicek sons done before he anoints them in the NFL? Have you seen the Bilicek sons coach college football, high school football? Have they worked up and been GAs? I think they were. One of them was a GA for Saban or something. But have you, it's a shocker too, right? Like I think that was pretty much place too, fellas. So, have you seen Brent Reed work his way up? Have you seen how many nepotism rule? Why have nepotism? Like, see, this is the thing, though. I'm not knocking you hiring your son. See, that's what I'm saying. But don't say it's not nepotism. Don't say he's the best candidate. He's not. Because I know fucking thousand of them that are better. Literally, I know at least 50. Off the top of my head, 50 better wideout coaches than that kid's, that coach's son, Stockstill. I'm just telling you. But guess what? He'll have the opportunity to coach there. Let's say they get some decent players and they actually win some games. He'll then become a coordinator and he'll get a head coaching job. And he'll be another fucking Skip Holtz like Lou Holtz's kid. He'll be another fucking Beamer, Shane Beamer. He'll be another fucking... Um, Fucking uh, goddamn, my man's name, uh, Florida and South Carolina, his son, the head coach. Goddamn, old ball coach. Why am I drawing a blank? He'll be another son that gets an opportunity because of who he is. Because of who his daddy is. There's a million of them. Charlie Weiss's son. I mean, dog. I, me and Lane Kiffin are really good. I love Lane, but Lane's not in the profession if it wasn't for his daddy, Monty Kiffin. Brennan Carroll's a great kid. I know him well, man. He's not in the profession if it wasn't for his daddy, Pete Carroll. Trust me, I know these things. Man, I've seen him coach. I've seen him recruit. They're not very good. <laughs> Let's just I'm just being real, man. No offense. I love Pete Carroll. I'm a good friend. I, these people, this is just the truth. I'm sorry. I'm not bashing anyone. I don't mean to do it, Pete, if you hear this. But I'll actually call him after this and tell him. I'm not saying that. I would hire my son. That's what I'm saying. I would hire my son. But don't come out and say that he's the best candidate. Don't slap every fucking hardworking dude in America that's tried to work up the ladder and, and who has paid their dues when you have not. And for you to defend it is another part of the problem. It's not the solution. You don't, don't tell me that coaches are, are hired because they're the best candidate. You said the best candidate is who is hired in the coaching profession. And that's an absolute lie. Why do 350-pound dudes who played O-line or tight end coach the quarterback for different coaches in Division I? Never played the position. Never even played wideout or running back. I'm talking about linemen and tight ends. There's more coaches like that coaching quarterbacks at the four-year level and in the NFL than you would, you would be shocked if you saw the amount. You're telling me those coaches know what the fuck they're doing or are they the head coach's boy? 
I kind of agree with what he said about coaching is loyalty. It is about loyalty, but it's also about loyalty as far as how you hire and who you hire and how and then when do you fire. Because coaching is a relationship business without a doubt. You literally counter, you contradict your number one, Zach, with your number two. Coaching is a relationship business, number two. Head coaches want to hire trustworthy and loyal assistants. But number one, you said it's about hiring. It's the best candidate gets the job. The stakes are too high otherwise. That's literally two contradictive statements. How can the, the stakes be too high by who you hire if you don't know them? Don't say they're the best candidate, dog. Just say it's who you know, not what you know. Just say that. Your take is 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 really bad and sad. And uh, coaches, don't don't buy into that shit, dude. It is not the way it is. I'm just telling you. And I can bring on a thousand Division One coaches who will tell you it's not that way. And I'll tell you NFL coaches that will tell you it's not that way at all. So. Please don't fucking say it, dude. All right? Because I don't want to hear that shit. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the story on the UT Austin football players say they were forced to stay on the field for the eyes of Texas just to appease angry donors and fans. Uh, the football players said the athletic... Said the athletic officials in a meeting with players after the Oklahoma game referenced emails from donors who said the protest could impact their job prospects after graduating. <sighs> University of Texas athletic officials in October told Longhorn football players they had to remain on the field post game for the eyes of Texas sing along with fans because donors were upset by athletes protesting the game day tradition. Previously, some student athletes had chosen not to participate after multiple games as the song had become a flashpoint over the summer, especially for black student athletes. Given the alma mater song, historical ties to campus minstrel shows, the football players said athletic officials in a meeting with the players after the Oklahoma game referenced emails and told them they had to stay out there. And one other player, former defensive back Caden Stearns, made a similar claim in a tweet on Monday but declined to be interviewed. They said, y'all don't have to sing it, but y'all have to stay on the field. Y'all have to go over there and at least show fans appreciation for coming out and watching you guys play, said junior linebacker DeMarvian Overshone in a Tuesday phone interview. Athletic director Chris Del Conte said Wednesday he had not heard donors or alumni had threatened job opportunities, adding that he was concerned that players had that impression. He denied players were forced to stay on the field. We simply asked for their help. No one was forced to require to do so. He said in a statement, listen, you can call players dumb and idiots and all that shit. One thing they're not is stupid. One thing they don't do about certain shit is a lie. They do lie and fuck you and don't trust them. Trust me. They'll lie. They'll fuck you and backstab you in a heartbeat. But one thing they won't do is lie about certain shit about that because they have no dog in the fight regarding racism or or anything like that because i'm gonna be honest with you it's not it's i've never seen you know there of course we have black racists out there and we have white racists of course but i've never seen the black cat be the shit starter or the problematic cat when it comes to racism i just never have witnessed it and maybe it's where i'm from i don't know but but everywhere i've ever been i've never seen it Actually, they're the opposite. They're actually the ones put. Actually, the ones I've ever been around are fucking putting it, trying to put a fucking salt on the wound. I mean, not salt. They're trying to put a bandaid on the wound. They're trying to be the mediator. That's the truth. Especially student athlete, especially the athletes. They just want to fucking play and go to school. And now you're gonna have shit birds and obviously on you know, soft motherfuckers nowadays and all that. But obviously, I I address that too. So just understand the truth hurts. Don't don't take it for what it ain't. Take it for what it is. These motherfuckers ain't lying. Somebody told them motherfuckers that shit. Come on now. And now Sark had a good friend of mine had to go in there and use his it factorism, which I call it factor, and get those cats to buy in. And that's what he's done already. That's why the recruiting class is already going up, up, and up. And that's why he'll be great there and he'll do great things. Um, but for 
you to say as the AD that that didn't happen, just come on, man. You're already slapping them in the face with the NCAA, the way the, the non-caring assholes of America and how they treat the kids. Don't keep slapping your own kids. That's one way to alienate these motherfuckers where they do not want to come to Texas. <laughs> I mean, it's already been bad for how long? Let's let Sark do his magic and get that shit back going because he has the L.A. swag to do it, and he knows how to get a hold of kids and get those cats to buy in and run through a wall for him, just like we do and I do. But it is what it is. Hey, man. <sighs> That Zach Barnett fucking quote really kills me. It really fucking killed me. It's, it's, it's the cats that have earned and shown it. Shut the fuck up. You're a joke. That really irks me. Now, now I'm getting pissed. Anyway, hey, man, I appreciate you guys coming in. And, uh, hey, follow me on Instagram, man. I got a new Slapdick Bullies account on my Instagram. Slapdick Bullies, B-U-L-L-I-E-S. Check it out and follow it. Slapdickinc.com, slapdickbullies.com. Check out my sites. If you want a puppy, Stogie Puppy, start deposits to start next week to be dropped. There's 11 puppies, six females, five males. They're going to be some pretty big motherfuckers, pretty and big. So check me out. And uh, hey, man, appreciate what you guys do. Go help somebody today. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Shut the fuck up! Fucking coaches talk too goddamn much! Just like the fucking kids!